0: Good afternoon and welcome, listeners, and everyone from both Tucson and all over the world. You are listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. I am Karen Fisher, your hostess with the I am a senior loan officer with Summit Funding, and I have an amazing, fun, exciting guest for you today. She hails all the way from Utah, which is actually a sister state if you're not from the Southwest. Um, is Amber Griffiths, and her company is Your Brand by Design. Welcome, Amber. Hello there, Karen. Thank you so much. I'm excited to come play. Thanks for the opportunity. And to come play is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to play, but we're also going to make a big difference in people's lives because, um, you know, there's so many things. So first and foremost, I want my listeners to understand who Amber Griffiths is. First of all, you are truly, and I love this tagline, but it's not just a tagline, it is your truth that you are the maker of legends. And you are a brand strategist, hence your company brand by design, and your best-selling author. You've spoken internationally, you are an often sought-after A-list player. Um and and I want to we want to hear some more about you being a bona fide rock star because you absolutely are. <laughs> and the one thing that I think is really cool is you took this skill of being a rock star, and you've morphed it into the business world. And most people think that those two are like oil and water that they don't mix. But and if you think about it, any of our best and brightest and most amazing rock stars in this world, uh, they know about their brand. They know marketing and we want to talk about the differentiations of that. So uh, on on a business level, although you do all the other things, you do work with both individuals and companies, but very specifically creating those connections so that they're connecting with their ideal clients. Because you and I talked about this, you know, way long time ago, But when you're connected with your ideal client, you're in flow. Like it's just like I'm not saying it's easy. Cause it, I wouldn't say it's, I don't think easy is the right word. It doesn't feel correct to say that, but when you're in flow with that client, it, it just feels peaceful. Like it truly, yeah. the it's word, more natural.
1: Yes. It's, it's more natural. natural. It just comes simply like there's no extra effort. It's not, I have to break down all these walls. It just, like you said, it just flows. It, it
0: absolutely, absolutely flows. And, and then cu- coupling that, with your message to speak to your ideal client, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, then that what happens is that I see business owners and entrepreneurs. I see their businesses exploding, and so that's why I'm so excited to have you as my guest. It's like good stuff. Yes. <laughs> so so, give us a little bit of your history. Tell me like, you know, okay, your story. Tell me your story.
1: My story. <laughs> I will tell you the 30 word version of my story. Um, I thought I was going to be a pharmacist. So start there. I had spent so many years in a small town, no traffic lights, small, like tiny, still no traffic lights. Um, But they had one of those pharmacy slash floral shops and I got to work there and I spent six years there all the way through high school. So if I wasn't doing the medicine up front, I was doing the medicine in the back with the flowers. And so I thought, I will go be a pharmacist. And I got the scholarship and I got the job and was doing all the things. And then I thought, I really don't like this. (laughs) My pills have no personality. I'm missing my people. And I realized what I really loved about that job was not the actual things I was doing, but it was the people I got to play with. So I switched majors, switched schools, went to the complete south end of the state and decided that really what I wanted to do is work with people establishing and reclaiming their voice at first. It doesn't matter how old you are, or who you are. We all have had some instance of we've been silenced. We've been muted a little bit. We've been told the, Shh, it's okay, just sit down. It's not your turn to talk. Wait, somebody else is talking. We've all had those moments of be quiet. Your voice doesn't matter here. And whether that's the actual word said mm-hmm. or not, that's what comes across. Yeah. We're told that what we have to say doesn't matter. It's just the same as everybody else's. So don't bother saying it. Somebody else has already said it. Like these are the things that we are told. And it is my absolute commitment to the world to fix that, to change that, to adjust that because everybody has their own voice and you're the only one who gets to share it. And if you borrow someone else's or if you mute your own or some version thereof, the world doesn't get to hear what you have to say. And I think that is devastating. I think that we miss out on that opportunity.
0: We do so, miss out and I want our that's listeners what I'm here. to say I want our <laughs> listeners to take note on this because that is absolutely the truth. I can't even tell you. Well, I've got I've got my uh, report cards we're going through and you know scanning and cleaning up and uh, purging you know f- photographs and everything like that. So coming across yeah. my own personal report cards. So first of all, I was I started first grade. Now they wouldn't allow you to do this, but I started first grade um, let's see, I would have been four years old. So they wouldn't allow you to do that now. Oh no! I was a voracious, still am a voracious (laughs) reader. Right. And so, um, and the way I became a reader is my mom told my brother to read to me. And he's like, I don't want to read to her. He taught me to read, right. He's two and a half years older than me. But if you look at all my report cards, and this is really funny and God rest her soul, my teacher, she's deceased, but, um, you look at my report cards it's like karen does very well in school she would she would do better if she wouldn't talk so much and then finally it escalated by the end of the fourth thing she has done the best as far as grades. she can read everything but in essence the report card said she just needs to shut up yeah la she talks <laughs> what do i do for a living i meet with clients I've been on radio for how long? Uh, We're talking, we've figured this out. It's been 30 plus years that I've done different forms of radio. I've spoken in front of audiences as as much as a thousand people. And then I'll I'll geek out on the numbers on there as far as tell you a funny story with that. (laughs) Um, I've been flown to South Africa to speak for audiences. So the very thing that did not work for me I mean I'm sure I drove her nuts I'm sure <laughs> I drove that poor teacher Mrs. Pierce I still remember her nuts but wow like thank goodness my mom and dad didn't exactly they did what they would say is okay you've got to give the teacher respect right right thing. but they did not silence my voice I'm and, so, so
1: thrilled tell I'm so more glad
0: about that as far as they, well, I'm,
1: I'm child number three of eight. So small Utah family of eight children. And there was always plenty of volume and plenty of noise. And, um, I remember very, I mean, more, multiple times coming in and I wanted to tell a story. I'm like, mom, dad, this is what's going on. Whether I was four or 16 and being told, okay, hey, Amber, you have 30 seconds to tell me this story oh. because really that's all the time, you know, they're doing their stuff and they're trying to manage eight children and, and a business in the garden and all the things. And what I did instead of editing, I spoke really, 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 really fast. So like, I just I wanted to get all my words, but I only had 30 seconds to do it. And so I would just speak really quickly. So the good news is I was a really great debater in high school and in college. I, my, I took all of my skill set of speaking way too fast, applied it to, to dramatic arts and to speech and debate, competitively across the country and just rocked the house. But it didn't keep me. It didn't allow me to think what I have is worth saying. What I have is worth hearing. Oh. And this is not, I don't hold this against my parents at all. I, God love them. They did the best they could. And I can talk a lot. <laughs> I have all the words, <laughs> but it just, I grew up thinking I have one eighth, of the amount, like what I have to say only gets to be heard one eighth at the time. You know what I mean? So I found myself censoring and editing and I've noticed it and people, this is so common. I'm sure your listeners will, will, can relate to this, especially when we get to the part where we don't think they're going to pay attention, like a sales conversation, we speed up we trail off, we get really, really quickly to the point and then, and then back off because we're like, if they'll hurry and listen, if, they can, if I can keep their attention for 30 seconds or 45 seconds, then, then I, if I can get it all out in that time, then I can be done with the sales conversation and then it doesn't have to be whatever it is. So I think that even something like that, where I could talk, but I only got 30 seconds to do it. So I better make my message count and I better just deal with anything else that didn't get set. So I think that, and I'm sure, like I said, I'm, this is not an uncommon tale. I'm not, this is not anything unique. We've all had some version of that, of, you know, take your turn. Somebody else is already talking. Somebody, somebody else has already said that. So don't bother putting it in your own words. We already get the point. And it happened. I was one of those people, both in high school and in elementary school as well. Amber, shh. <laughs> we love your daughter. She's such a great student. Shh. So it just, I think it's fine. And in the moment, it's probably exactly what needed to be said It's Amber, please be quiet. We're reading. This is quiet time. This is whatever. But unfortunately, we take those things we learned as kids and they become true in our business. So we don't stand own two feet and say, this is my message. This is my story. And it doesn't matter how many other people have told theirs. Mine gets to be told. Mine gets to be heard in its full, not this censored version that I think you might like. Not I'm borrowing somebody else's story because I know you like that one. So I'm going to tell it like it's mine. I'm going to borrow their messaging, their marketing tactics, yours. You get to do it your way and
0: tell it your way, start to finish.
1: That was my soapbox.
0: Yeah, no, no. It's uh, What you're saying is really, really important. And I think to myself, how many times have you been told, because I know I get told this and I have to, even with people that I love and respect, they'll say, get to the point. Well, you know, you're saying get to the point, but I'm the person that's giving you all the background. And it's really funny because um, in in my household, so my husband's got his, you know, he's got an electrical engineering background, but with sales and marketing. So we jokingly say, oh, he speaks fluent engineer, which is really good. You know, that's a good thing. Um, our daughter is getting her doctorate in applied mathematics, as is her oh, husband. congrats! And so I and and in even my background, my field of study prior to doing anything that I was doing, I was a biomedical engineering. So I get the numbers. I I I can go into the nano, like drill down to the right. to everything that's there. And so, but Allison, our daughter, she says, "Mom, you collect people." I'm like, "What? You collect people?" I said, "Tell me more." <laughs> She goes, you know, everything about their back. You're giving us all the background and all the story. And you'll say to me, Allison, do you remember blah, 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 blah. And she's like, it was two months or 10 years ago. And no, I don't remember, but I do. And so I I, I think to myself, I wonder if that's an overreaction to being not able to speak when I felt like I had so much to say. So I, th- I
1: think we become really great listeners because we're waiting in part because we're collecting their stories as well, because if they're talking, if they get to talk clearly, what they're saying is of utmost importance. And we need to remember every single bit of it. We will remember their hand position while they spoke like those details. I think that also we're waiting for our chance to to speak up. I think that we listen to people talking and listen and remember those things because we're waiting for those verbal cues of, oh, it's my turn. Now I get to go. And sometimes, unfortunately, I meet entrepreneurs who've been in business for 15 years. They've never had a turn. They've never mm-hmm. felt like they could just stand up and say, this is my stage. This is where I get to share my story and everything that's vitally important to me. It's part of why I think people have a hard time letting their persona show up in business and their personality and everything that is true about who they are and what they have to offer. Because they're like, if I only have this much time, it's gotta stay with business. And I've gotta make sure people don't care about me personally, not in a rude way, not dismissive, but just this is business, so let's talk business. And so what happens is their marketing and their content comes across flat, generic, salesy, because there's no personality in it whatsoever. They didn't take time to do it, they didn't dare They didn't know how to put themselves in it. Even people who are really loud, like you know those loud people, where you're thinking, "I," she shows up and just lights up the whole room, or she makes noise in the whole room, good or bad, whatever that is. Sometimes that's overcompensation because they don't feel like they have, they they're not, they're still not sharing their true selves. They're still not sharing everything that they really have. It's this is what gets paid attention. So this is how I will, this behave. is how,
0: this is how I'm going to show up. So they're copying yep. what somebody else is doing. Absolutely. A, and, and, you know, we all learn from other people. We learn from our parents Absolutely. as far as those verbal cues, but how do you internalize and make that your own? So talk to me about the rockstar status and where that resonated with you. Ah, <laughs> oh, Carrie, <okay. laughs> love this. So Music has been a
1: part of my life since I can remember. Um, we're from Utah. There's a bunch of kids. We couldn't help but be inspired, I think, by the Osmonds. I'm sure at some point that was a thing. Um, but I remember gathering around the piano with my father playing, and all of us would just gravitate. No matter where we were in the house, he would start playing, and we would just trickle in and sing along. Um,
0: How did it your led dad to- learn to play the piano? Because I... Oh, he's. I mean, he's, I grew up. Was, just a sidebar. I grew up in a family yeah. that always had music, and we were always playing. And like we always we had the the turntable with the uh, the stack of records. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, boom, boom. yeah. My uh, my parents saw Louis Armstrong in person at the at at Trinity Cathedral Episcopal Church. I mean, oh, we oh had the, Like one of the top top. Like I grew up with music, and my musical. Power, I was a singing cabbage. I was oh, a singing, singing cabbage, cabbage at the Phoenix Little Theater because... Purple that, or green? Yeah, I, have I was to green. I was absolutely green. Very good. Very I, good. I was singing cabbage because that's what they did with people that, you know, like, I sing, I still sing because I believe the good Lord says make a joyful noise. It does not say on tune. Okay? <laughs> so Nowhere is that a requirement. Yes. Just sing however but but it. as far as with your dad so your dad had to learn piano did he had he i mean he must have been great because he was i mean really to be able, yeah to be able to do that's really cool. yeah he um he played
1: by ear um oh. in fact i just lost him in january so this is a little tender so oh. i apologize but he his mother taught him and her mother taught her they were all from texas so like that every once in a while that comes out but um but he, he was in bands. He loved performing. And uh, I'm certain that's where I get that. I am certain that the love, because he would, in fact, when I lost him, I, I lost my uncle at the same time. I'm like, that's my band. My my uh, uncle would play bass guitar. My father played keyboards and I would sing. And it was, uh, I'm like, oh, there's my people. But it's, I think part of the music is that it's a great connector and it's a great mover of people. I mean, look at live concerts. It doesn't matter what kind of music it is you get shoved into this space with complete strangers. Oh, yeah. And for two hours, you are one. You yes. are like the music moves you and you are, you are, you never exchange information with them. And yet in that moment, they can relate to you and understand what drives you more than anyone in the world. But that's the power of music. I mean, it, it just, it, it moves you. So I, I was in um, performing choirs and I liked it when I got to college because in high school, they always made me play the piano. The second they found somebody who could play, they would make us play. Oh, okay. So in (laughs) college, I didn't tell anybody I could play because I wanted to sing. That's the story would take turns playing, but we got, but I finally got to sing and perform and show. And, and that was amazing. Um, I, we've, we've opened up for country stars and music stars. I got to tour with Andy Bell. I played keyboards for him. Um, so it's, it's one of those things that like music is a big deal. And the more I watched it and realized, I mean, I'm standing in this parking lot of a Jack in the Box in California, watching Andy turn his t-shirt inside out and backwards cause he had put it on incorrectly in the bus. So he's sitting in the parking lot trying to get it right side out and the right side forward, trying not, but I'm really not caring who sees, just like, I'm just trying to get dressed. And he's a rock star. he is legend, but he's human. And watching him perform and watching him, he would turn around, Amber. I know you have a you have a baby girl. How is she? What's she doing? You know, did you send her pictures? So human and kind. And me thinking, this global legend is so personable. How are how am I, how are people showing up in business and not doing that? Because playing keyboards on stage was great. That was super fun. Selling out the LA in LA, the Greek theater. That was incredible but having the memories and the experience of being treated like that and being approached like that and being one of the team one of the family i will never forget that and i think that if you can do that in business if your clients are not transactions they are relationships they they are people who you care about and the reason that you're working together is because you can you have something that can change their lives like honest to goodness make it so much better that it doesn't matter what the investment is, it's worth it because their life will never be the same. How could you not do business like that? Like, what a missed opportunity if we're just doing transactions.
0: Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. No, no, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, you are touching on. Uh, well, haha, pun intended. You're touching on a cord here, so it's, like, it's just so great. So let's, uh, so that people can identify because I've heard you speak before, um, through eWomen Network, which is one of, um, you know, it's, that's how we met is through eWomen Network. It's an international organization. And it's really funny because one of the co-founders of eWomen Network, I mean, uh, Kim Yancey, I mean, he is definitely, he, one of the, he was one of the biggest rockers (laughs) ever. Um, But I remember you talking about the way that people identify themselves as far as the different things. So can you delve into that? So if you think about oh like the the personalities Yes. oh sure yes yes I'd love to it's
1: there's all different ways of doing personality tests I know we've all taken them um the the disc assessment or the colors or the animals or you know we all have those my version of that really is musicians because I can't help and partially I have to acknowledge not just because I love music but because each of these musicians has without question some of the strongest most consistent personas in play when they are in public, whether they're on stage backstage before or after their persona is so polished. So cranked to 11 that it is, they would never be mistaken for someone else. So one of the personas that I, one of the personality types that we look at is like the nurturer. And for me, that is your Nora Jones, your Carrie Underwood, very calm. You know that they would absolutely—they're the ones that have the juice boxes in the back of the car. They've got a blanket to wrap you up and make sure you're okay. I mean, and so many entrepreneurs that I work with, especially ones in coaching and consulting, they—that's how they start. I'm a nurturer, and the problem with that, of course, is that sometimes we're like, I don't want to charge for what I'm doing. I—I I just love, I love everybody. So I just want to help I'm everybody. Doing. Yes, I just love. love like it. that's lovely. They get to invest in you. Like Carrie Underwood doesn't perform for 10,000 people without them buying tickets. That's not how it works. So it doesn't it doesn't undo her nurture to ask for an investment. Right, Exactly. so it's all good. Um, one of the personalities is the rough and raw boss lady. Um, that would be your Lady Gaga. Um, I'm trying to remember if I got these right. I got them all put together in my head. So you've got the rough and raw. Um, oh yes, it is, it would be a Lady Gaga. The ones who are more drama. Like there's a lot of drama in space. Everything's a big deal. That's going to be your Madonna, your Adele, Cher, who just turned 75 and she still looks amazing. I can't believe it. Um, but there, that's, that's one of those things where you can tell, like when I say drama and then I say Madonna or Adele, you can see,
0: oh yeah, I, I get where that would come into play. Well, and, um, and you had even touched on this before. When you say drama, they don't even have a last name. Right. 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 There's these single names. Funny. Like this is such a big deal. I've got one
1: name. I have one. It. <laughs> that's it. I'm way too from Utah to pull off that move, but that's what it is. Um, the other one that I really relate to is the disruptor, the the kind of um, changer of, of status quo, which is like your Stevie Nicks, okay. your Janet, your, uh, I was gonna say Janet Jackson. That's not what I mean your um, Pat Benatar is one of those. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Stevie Nicks, definitely. And then you have your very elegant and sophisticated, also very um, predictable. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but very consistently this way you, you can expect, like, you know what to expect from them. That's a Celine Dion. Um, that would be I'm trying to think of who else, Barbara Streisand. Oh, uh, I was just—you you know, read my before. mind, Barbara
0: Streisand. Yeah. Barbara that.
1: Streisand. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with any of those, but it's easy. I have found it's really easy for people to identify them, and to identify with them because they're like, "Oh, that's me. I get that." And it doesn't mean you have to like their music at all, because there's people who I really love as people, but I don't necessarily like the artwork that they put out. So it's okay. But what I think is fascinating is when I do this, especially in workshops, and I'm like, okay, pick one. And I have people going, I I can't pick one. How do I pick just one? And the bottom line is we are all a collection, this beautiful, unique mix of all of them. It's part of why I think persona is so critical. And the way it shows up is because in fact, oh, if we have time, I should talk to you about authenticity, but um, we get to shift the way we perform, the way we respond to people based on the relationship that we have with them. So it's not inconsistent, but you may not interact with people on stage in front of a thousand people the way you would to a one-on-one client that you've been working with for years. The same stories aren't going to come out. The same isms aren't going to come out. So it's, you can still have a very consistent persona and a strong, powerful brand realizing that sometimes you got a little bit of you got a little bit of Pat Benatar in you. You got a little bit of Stevie Nicks kicking butt and taking names. And other times you are so carry underward going, I got you. Don't sweat it. We're going to do this together. It's going to be fine. And that beautiful, unique mix that is you is part of what will attract your ideal clients to you. And honestly, truly, if you're lucky, if you're going to do it well, you will repel those who are not. You don't, for me, the stronger, your persona is a great sorter. Yes. If you're not my people, that is awesome.
0: Bless and release. That's Lesson great, Please go find your people. And I definitely- Go find your people. Definitely. We want to uh, take a little bit of a deep dive on that, but I do want to let people know you're. Uh, this is at the top of the hour already. I oh my am, goodness. Yeah, that's just why we have so much fun. I love what I do, the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. Um, so again, you are listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise, which is being broadcasted on Business Radio X in Tucson. Although Amber is, I you know, the one thing that is great there's a double-edged sword about the technology. At least I'm able to connect with people from all over the world. Um, I am a senior loan officer, and people are like, "What? Why are you doing Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise?" The bottom line is, I'm a connector. When I think about it, I'm a connector. I connect people to money, i.e., mortgages, but I connect them to resources, to you know, whatever that is. You tell me that you need a doctor, I'll find somebody that's in your neighborhood, type of thing. Um, awesome. which you think I might have a little bit of nurture in me a little bit, just saying. <laughs> so um, and my very amazing and super talented guest, Amber Griffiths, who hails from Utah, which is just a sister state. You're not that far from Tucson. Just saying nope. now that everything's nope. opening up, we got to play even in person. Cause although I do oh, love so. the fact that we can do this technology wise, I'm, you know, this is still 2D. I like the 3D. I know. <laughs> I, know. Like I miss my hugs. I need to hug people. I touch know. People. I know. And that's like, that's the, that was the thing that was just, I mean, for, for this, and I am an extrovert, but this extrovert to have been shut down and sequestered, it was, it really did some, it was some pretty wild things totally for me. get that. But um, <laughs> so, so anyhow, so that's the official commercial and stuff like that. So let's have some fun with people. So you know, and people talk about their persona. So people think about, so when it comes to sales, there is this, and and I see it more with women than I do with men. Although I see it across the board is that people have this thing that they think sales is icky and ugly. Yep. It is not. Yep. I mean, nope. nothing happens. So <laughs> talk to me about how do you relate to like, like how do you attract that ideal client? So for example, I, you know, you talk about the rock shows and this is one of the things that you talked about, uh, as far as that, tell me about a rock concert that you went to mm-hmm. and, and how it made you feel. And I'm going to say to my listeners, this is one of the most amazing things that I experienced. I went and saw Paul McCartney. This is in 1983, Linda McCartney who mm-hmm. hailed, they, they have a house in Tucson. And so okay. Linda McCartney was performing too. That was in 1983. They were doing flowers in the dirt. Concert, big, huge thing up at um, at ASU. Um, and like it was, you know, he has the funds to do just, I mean, the stage presence, just absolutely amazing. Right, he is a and, performer. And to be at that concert in which I thought was really unique and you just said this, and this is going back to the, your brand. I'm in front of me with somebody that was probably in their 80s. Behind me was somebody who had their six-year-old and their nine-year-old with them. And when they turned off all the lights and everybody turned on their little Bic lighters, which I don't think you can take to concert. You can't even take those anymore. You can't even take them in anymore. But everybody turned it on. And and you guys will all know this. they they The music stopped and the audience sang Hey Jude in tandem with Paul it was oh, wow. like to this day it gives me chills it was so fantastic that i surprised my husband by buying tickets to see him again in new york oh my so, goodness so think about so when you were talking about your brand and i instantly related to that i'm like yeah yeah and you yeah. know and i i'm not i i am a huge huge fan i'm not a stalker fan <laughs> i'm not a stalker let's be clear there are some stalkers that are out there but um when i think about when i think about that experience that he gave to the audience mm. um and and so much so that i bought again with plane tickets talk to me about how that happens you, you know in business oh my goodness that that is absolutely key this is why when
1: i say persona is the key to your cash flow I am not understating that at all. Like it's it is without it, you cap your opportunities to, for to grow your reach and your revenue. So when you talk, if you look at it in the in the realm of music and concerts, the way I like to describe it is imagine yourself at that, at that favorite concert, the most recent one you either were at or wished you had been at. And you have these musicians who travel all over the world, all over the country, and you have the t-shirts. You have all the swag that has their name and their logo. The stage is all done up for them. Their costumes, their little outfits. Holy cow, sometimes they are crazy pants and awesome. And they sing all the songs, right? So your favorite band is up on stage. They're singing all your favorite songs, old and new. And right before they get seen the very last song, they do something so unique, so special that even after the song is done, the lights are coming up, you're piling out of the arena, out into the parking lot. Days later, it is still sticking with you. What are you doing like that for your clientele? Because that's not about just a song and that's not just about a band or a musician. There is something about the experience that they are creating for every single person. And part of it is because it's not the masses. I mean, they'll come and say, hey, Salt Lake City, you know, get everybody riled up. But toward the end there, there's not a single moment when I think he's singing to us. It's he's singing to me. I am in this arena. I am having this experience. And it's so incredible that year after year after year, I will go. They will have sellout shows here in Utah. They will have sellout shows everywhere they go. Because even if you saw him last year, you want to have that feeling again. It's not just hearing the music, it's experiencing it. So what can you create in your business? And that comes through in your persona. So if you want people to, well, let's take a look at Apple. You know how Apple says, we're releasing something and everybody lines up, credit cards in hand, ready to go. They don't even know what it is yet.
0: Yeah, they, they don't know, know the what it is it. yet. And oh, by the they way, don't know there's the going to be a and they know it's going to happen.
1: Right. right. There's going to be callbacks. There's going to be edits. There's going to have to be things. You're going to have to stand in line and people do it even if they don't know what it is, because it's not about the widget. It's not about the product or the service. It's about, I know what Apple creates and I don't care what it is. It's going to be amazing because all the other ones have been exactly what I wanted. I must have this. If you are not creating that in your business, that is a persona problem because people don't buy from generic. It's when you talked about being salesy, the easiest way to not be salesy is to let your persona come through. Mm. So, if you create a sales page and say, okay, this is, I'm, I'm creating this web page or I'm creating sending an email blast, whatever that's the sales offer. And you go through and read it and you send it and you think, wow, that sounds really salesy. If your persona is not showing up in it, it comes across as flat, it's two dimensional. It could have been from anyone about anything to anyone, and nobody cares. And then all of a sudden we get back in our house and we think, wow, we sent out that email and nobody responded. Nobody clicked yes. Nobody jumped on it. And so we start second guessing, well, is it a good offer? Is the price tag wrong? Like what's going on here? That's so messed up. It's none of that. It's the fact that we didn't show up. So what I usually tell my clients is go, go ahead. Don't, don't get so in your head that you can't write the sales piece because it has to be written. Send, write your email. Then step two, go back and inject your persona read each section and say, is that how I would have said that if they were right in front of me? Is this how I would have talked about that with a good friend of mine? Do I have my signature opening, my signature close? Is there something in here that even if I took out my name and my logo, they could still read it and go, oh, that sounds just like Amber. I can hear her saying that. That makes total sense. If if they can say that, your persona is in there. Your persona is cranked to 11, well-polished, in play. Life is good. There's nothing salesy about that because it's just you talking to somebody else. I have this thing that's going to change your life. What do you think? It's that simple. So there's no, there's no salesy if about it. And it's, it's so amazing. So I'm like, this is the easiest thing. It's so hard. It's complex. It's hard to do because you can't see your own stuff sometimes, but I challenge you, anybody who's listening, take the next few minutes and go back and find the last thing you released an email, a blog, a social post, whatever, and read through it. Can you feel yourself in it? Does it sound like you? Does it feel like you? If not, go back and add it in. Eventually, it'll become one fell swoop and you can do it all at once. But until then, take the extra step. (laughs) Go ahead and say, okay, where am I showing up in my own sales stuff? Because that's what people connect to. That's what they're like, you know what? I got this thing from Karen. I'm coming back because this was so incredible. I want to do it with her again and again and again. She is my people. It has, I mean, whether it's a great mortgage rate or a great closing cost, whatever, that's something they can get from anybody, right? Yeah. But the actual experience of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things. It's like people who are in direct sales. You You are sharing that same catalog of products with a million people. So how are you connecting with your people so that you are the one they come back to every single time? This is what allows you to tap into your cash flow. This is it. Um, and part of that is an expression of your values. I just I, do I have time to, to tell you a quick story? Yeah, absolutely um, yes there's a there's a beautiful little restaurant here in Utah. It's a little sandwich shop and there's so there's been a couple of these just in the last year that have really come up and gone wow this sandwich shop their whole business model is buy a sandwich we give a sandwich so they're on this street with a hundred different restaurants fast food fancy joints sandwich shops burrito shops all these things but this place called even stevens and if you for every sandwich they sell they donate one to a homeless shelter to a food bank to something like that so you know when you're buying a sandwich somebody else gets fed they have a line out the door Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's not because they have great avocado toast, although they totally do, and I (laughs) highly recommend this. It's wonderful. It's because people go, Oh, that's my value too. I want to give back. I want to help somebody. And I can do that by ordering a sandwich here. I'm in. So by the restaurant saying these are our values, they very easily let people align with them and say, Yep, me too. I'm totally in. If you don't think we buy with our emotions and our values, you are mistaken. So the more clearly you can claim yours and share yours, the more readily your people can say, she's my person. I'm in a hundred percent or that's not for me. I'm out. And either way you win. Either way, it's better
0: relationship. Either way. Absolutely. So let's talk about that filter. This is the thing that I think is really, really important. So you you've talked about it already. You hit on it a couple of times. It is great for people to self-select out of doing business with you. So talk yes. about that. Oh my that. goodness, that, well, that, could okay. another, another, that. could be a whole like, other. So that could be a whole other show. Hour. <laughs>
1: yeah. So. Here's here's what's really great about that. We have, especially as entrepreneurs, when we first start our businesses, we have a tendency to take anything and everything. We're like, I need the cash flow. I want to prove myself. I want to have proof of concept. Can this really work? Whatever our reasoning is, we are not super choosy about who we take on as clients. It's just the nature of being an entrepreneur and making that great big leap. And if I pass this one up, will another one come in? That kind of thing. But what happens then is we fill our schedule up with 20 bucks to hard way clients. And that doesn't mean if it's 20 bucks or 20,000 bucks, it doesn't matter it is going to be the hardest money you have ever earned Um, because they are not your people. They are going to be, there's those people, one of the red flags is, could you just, that phrase, just run, just run for the- Oh, say that, (laughs) repeat that. Could you just? Could you just? So it's, could you just give me a discount? Could you just do it faster? Could you just do this for me this one time for free? Could you just put everything in the front and the back and everything in the back and the front? and flip it all over, even though I already approved this because I have it completely different. Could you just? It's one of the biggest red flags of a 20 bucks a hard way client. Because here's the bottom line. Your ideal client will never question your value. It's part of what makes them ideal. Because ideal means everybody wins, right? It's not just because they really want to work with you. You really want to work with them too. So that particular relationship, there's no special... I want to discount your, they will never ask for discounts because that's not what they want to do. They understand your genius. They understand what you are creating for them. And, and it doesn't matter if it's product or service, they want what you offer, period. It's what makes them ideal for you. So when people, and you have to start this way with clients, you have to start with demographics. Okay. Do I like, sometimes it's geography, sometimes it's age, sometimes it's gender, sometimes it's social or educational status. And that's a really great foundation, but All too often we stop there. And so our marketing says, anybody and everybody who's trying to sell a house, I'd love to help you. Anybody and everybody who's doing this and this, it's you or anyone you know.
0: I'm like, wow, anybody with skin, please come call me. Anybody, you just read my mind again because it's like you you might be somebody that's in skincare and they're like, you know, I can help anybody with skin. Anybody can use this. Like, compared to I suffered teenage acne and I understand the pain. I'm feeling embarrassed and I can help because I've got the product that I know works. Huge difference, huge
1: difference. difference. Comple- completely different. Well, one is a target audience. Anybody can use this. You're probably right. But an ideal client is completely different than a target market. An ideal client, you want to work with them too. Everybody gets something out of the relationship. It's not a transaction. With an ideal client, they're the kind of people who will sign up for something, test it out, and they come back again and again and again. Bring their friends. Bring their friends. Refer refer you. you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's not just enough to know, like, and trust. Know, like, and trust is the top half of that funnel. Then you get to do know, like, and trust, refer, repeat client, become evangelical about what you're doing. Yes. Like, it's, there's so much more to it. So, once you get past demographics, go into their psychographics. What lights them up? What excites them? And then, when you get done with psychographics, you can dive into a little deeper what I call legend graphics. Which is a completely different ball game.
0: Oh, tell me and more. Really tell me d- <laughs> more about legend
1: graphics. Tell me more. It's it's so fabulous. So if you get past the, you know, you get past the demographics, you get into psychographics of, well, what do they like? Where are they hanging out? You know, where what are their natural tendencies? What do they need? One of the things I really like to do with my clients is okay, so tell me about what their issue is. Tell me what their the pro- like your ideal client. What's their problem that you're having the solution for? Okay, great this is their problem. How aware are they of it? Are they completely aware that they have this issue? Are they not at all aware that they have the issue? Do they know that there's a problem, but they're not sure that there's a solution? Do they know there's a problem? They know there's a solution, but they don't know you have a solution. There's like five levels just in the awareness level, just in the awareness complexities. Then you get to think, okay, well, where else are they? What else is going on in their lifetime? So if I want a business owner Great. Demographics is I want an entrepreneur anywhere in the country will work, must be making at least $250,000. Okay, great. So diving into a legend graphic is what else is going on in their life? Well, somebody who's making $250,000 probably is building team. Well, what challenges come with building team? Well, A, B, and C are going to be doing that. So how does my solution, how does what I offer uniquely fit in to everything that they're experiencing, not just where they are in money, but what are they? What are they? What are they afraid of right now? What is driving them right now? What is the biggest benefit they're looking for? It, it's part of why when you create messaging that is focused on benefit and how your their lives get to change, it's a completely different conversation than I do this so you can have this. I have this product. Do you want it? It's it's a completely different intensity of relationship and it lasts a lifetime. It's why when I say lifetime value of a client, it's not just while you're working with them. Because a client doesn't become a client just because they pay you money. A client becomes a client when they start paying you attention. Mm, When they pay you money, they're ready to do the work. And their relationship with you expands both before and after that transaction. So when you develop a relationship with them, it heightens that lifetime value of that client. How many people are they sending your way? How often are they giving you repeat business? I mean, it just becomes so expansive that you're like, "Wow, I, that was a $200 course, and now it's like this hundreds of thousands of dollars because of what you created
0: with with them, them with them, instead exactly. of at them." Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. No, it it um it is it is huge. So, um, one of the things that I find is that people well, let me backtrack a little bit. One of the best quotes that I've ever heard is, is a confused client will not buy. Okay. So what happens is you, I I see sometimes that people are, they're piecing together all of these things without any consistent theme throughout what they're doing. You know, they, uh, the joke is that they call it Frankenstein marketing, right? Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Okay. Seen it. <laughs> I'm doing this because, you know, they said I should do this. They said I should do this. Yep. And, and, and it is okay to emulate somebody to, to test things out. Like one of the things that uh, I've dealt with several business coaches through my life and and I will always have business coaches. I've always will have multiple always. coaches um, and, and multiple ones, not just one. Okay. It's not like one and done your checkbox. It's, that's not the way that it works. But one of the things that I find is and I love the idea is you don't get to make the decision you need to test things test it see what works yeah does it resonate does that attract your ideal client do, or does that does that attract the PITI clients you know right um, right uh, you know you do not you know there's a difference between and I and I say this sometimes because of I'm an in the mortgage world, I'm in a commodity business, right? There, right. You've got companies that are bombarding the television and the radio and your email and everything like that, as far as, you know, as and they're taking products and they're, you know, they're private labeling them, although it's it's a conforming product, you know, you've got 97% of the loans all come from the same source, but right. why did they choose right. me versus somebody else? You know what? What are we doing? What are we doing that's uniquely different? Okay, do I connect them to other things? You know, and it's not just about the money, because the money piece right. is a commodity. But am I connecting you with somebody that's going to maybe help you with your insurance or help you with your financial plan? And you know, what are your ultimate goals? Right. You know, who do you need as a landscaper? Whatever the case may be. So right. let's talking about. You've got content that people mm-hmm. guard like this, right? They'll, they'll just, yes, they do. you know, they do not, you know, like God forbid that somebody <laughs> could post the same thing, but it, it comes from two different voices. So talk about content versus a brand asset. It is so completely different. Like as much
1: as on paper, you're like, well, this content looks the same. The difference lies in when you create content and someone wants it, that's an asset. If someone is actually willing to pay for it, that becomes an asset. Mm-hmm. So you can create a pile of content on social media. And if nobody is paying attention, nobody is paying money, looking at it and going, oh, wow, well, let me go look more. It's not an asset. It's just stuff. It's just content that you put out there. The thing about content that I love. Char- Charlie Brown, people- teacher. <laughs>
0: Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's
1: just stuff, right? It's part of why it's noise, but when you can put your persona into it and you make it different and you make it yours and you make it special and specific for someone specific, it's a completely different thing. Then it's not, well, that's just a course or that's just a book or that's just a mortgage. It's I, I want this because it comes from her. This is something very different. Um, you mentioned guarding your content with your life. Uh, I tell my people, there are no new ideas. There's only the customization and the implementation of the fundamentals.
0: So so think about it.
1: There's nothing new.
0: This is so, (laughs) there's nothing new. This is something that think about this. And and of course, I will geek out on you all day long as far as with numbers and things like that. But really think about it. There's only 26 letters in the alphabet. Every spoken word, Every written word that's in English, it only came up with 26 letters. It's the combination. Right. Oh, and right. then when it comes to math, there's only nine letters, nine numbers. Nine numbers. numbers. Yeah. Ten if you count zero. Ish. Yeah, ten, nine, nine-ish. <laughs> I mean, think about that. It's all the combinations yeah. of everything that happens. And, and absolutely. Like, wow. If you think about yeah. that. I mean, what, what I can do with 26 letters and what
1: Shakespeare did with 26 letters, completely different, right? I mean, there's what, seven colors of visible light. And yet look what Michelangelo did with it. Oh, yeah. Look what my look what my child can do with it. Yes. It's the story behind it. It's the intent behind it. It's the way that they make it their own. It's completely different when you customize it. It's It's these entrepreneurs that start by collecting templates because they're not quite sure how to do it. So they get a template, which is great. But the problem is they forget to customize the template. They forget to make it theirs and they forget to, and they do a little bit, you know, they, they put their name in where it says to highlight it. And so they plot their name in there, but nothing else sounds like them. Nothing else comes from them. It's a great start, but you have to put yourself into it. You have to customize it. Otherwise it's just, it's just stuff. By the time you have books up and courses and manuals and your time and everything that you offer, all of that is content until somebody wants to buy it until it actually has a perceived value. And if that's $7 or 7,000 or 70,000, it doesn't matter when somebody wants to buy it because it has value, it becomes an asset. And without that, your business doesn't get to really see its full potential. You cap how far you can go because your stuff is just stuff. So it's really, it becomes harder to sell because it, it, eh, I can Google that. Why am I coming to you? I can go get that on Amazon. Why am I coming to you? This is why. You create something of value. And, you, and, it, and you, it's important that you create something that your people actually want and need. And I worked with this corporation, huge corporation, they're global. This has been a decade ago. And they came and they said, Amber, we want you to create this product, design it up, get it all put together. And between my time, and production and distribution, everything else. It was about 250,000 225, something like that, just to get it to market. Um, a year later, they'd sold about twenty thousand dollars worth of it. Oh, dear. because they they it didn't, did it oh, it was sense. it was terrible, but they didn't, it was a beautiful product, but the people it was meant for didn't want it. The people who could afford it didn't need it. Like it was just a complete message to market mismatch, which is really hard to say, even if you say it slow. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was a complete swing and a miss, you know what I mean? Because they hadn't thought, well, what do our people actually need? It was, well, let's create this. This sounds like a great idea. So it was amazing content, fabulous product, worth nothing. Not in the, not in the short run, not in the long term, because nobody wanted to pay for it. So it's, I mean, it's, it's cash loss, but it's content loss. It's value loss when you don't actually put yourself into it and make sure that the people it's meant for are ready
0: for it and want it and re- and want it. So, mm-hmm. so let's let's talk about that. As far as okay, so how do you distill that down? Because you've got um, you know what I see right now happening with a lot of people is um, with especially with the pandemic, several people are um, they're really scared. They they got stuck. They're scared. They one of two things happened: either their business fell off a cliff. Or like in my case, as a mortgage loan officer, uh, with the the combination, it was like a death knell. And, And, you know, and I'm not happy to say this has happened to every single loan officer in the United States, is that we did not, as an industry, have the ability or the personnel to solve. Like you talk about the restaurant analogy. Imagine your favorite restaurant times rush hour times it's busiest peak time and oh by the way we're going to increase that by 10 times 10 times we had the 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 numbers for last year 10 to 11 times the volume oh and let's add to that that the federal government added additional regulations because of covid so oh, wow. y- you can't just be like, I dream a genie. Oh my gosh, I'm an underwriter. Oh my gosh, I'm a loan process. Right. Oh, I'm a loan officer. Right. It doesn't work that way. And right. so it, it was bad. It was really painful. And there are several, um, there, uh, well, God love them. Um, there's several loan officers that I know that had really major health problems. I'm not talking just COVID, maybe people contracting COVID. I'm talking heart attacks. I'm talking strokes. I oh, stress like, like unbelievable, yeah, so um, yeah. so let's let's talk about as far as, okay, so when you're in that with that ideal client, what I have found is that you've got people that do two things, you know, there's there's the there's the person who's always available, mm-hmm. and then there's the person who's worth waiting for <laughs> okay and and it's different. so. When your brand is, is consistent, I can say that you're worth waiting for. When I think about Paul McCartney, if he were to say I I'm going on tour again and I don't care that he's in his eighties, I would go again. Right. Yep. Hands down. Yep.
1: I will stand again. Yeah. And it's, it's the di- the different stands in the experience they have with you. Really? That is what your persona is all about. That's what your brand is all about. Your brand is everything you say and do to deliver on that promise. To create that experience that makes you absolutely unforgettable. So I will wait in line. I will buy it five different times over the course of five years because I want it again. I want the experience. I will pay more for Nike shoes, not because Nike's that cool, but I want to feel how I feel when I'm wearing Nike shoes. Mm-hmm. I will pay the extra cash for it, right? That's the difference. You're worth waiting for. It's not for the product or the service. It's for the experience that you're delivering. The experience. That's where the cash is.
0: That's where it's at. That's for sure. So Amber, can you believe this was just an hour? We're done. <laughs> it's like it always happens so quickly. I I am so excited that you were able to be my guest. And you are it's been amazing. an absolute pleasure. Thank have your you so much there. But um what is the what is the people, we, we've got your contact information as far as how to get up, get in contact with you, but specifically, um, are, are you going to be available this summer that they can come and jump in and play? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um, I do Facebook lives every Thursday at noon, mountain time, 12 o'clock mountain time. You can come watch me check out. Ah. I also invite you to join the, uh, welcome to legend community on Facebook. Um. It's, it's a by invitation only. So I am officially inviting you and your listeners to come be a part of this. Oh my gosh. Just join in that brand conversation. Understand, like start learning by osmosis and, and engaging in that level and developing those relationships. I, I would love to see you there.
0: You know, you are, um, I'm going to take you up on that and I'm going to have you please send do. us a link. I'll have our producer make sure that that gets put up on there. I just want to say Will thank do. you again. Again, my sister from another mister. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. Thank you so so much. This has been such a delight. All right. Thank you very much. Love it. Thank you. Have a great night. Oh, we will. And a very safe and happy Memorial Day. Yes.
1: Absolutely. And to you.